0: welcome to the city hills church sermon podcast we hope that the message today helped you encounter god love people and discover purpose for more information about who we are as a church head over to cityhillschurchsd.com if you would like to partner with us financially click the give button at the top of the homepage on our website and now let's jump right into the message Well, welcome back to City Hills Church Online. We're so glad that you're hanging out with us today as we're wrapping up our Choices series. we've been looking at some ways that we can live with fewer regrets. Don't you wish you could do that? And we've talked about this overarching theme that our choices determine the direction and the quality of our lives. That those big decisions that we have in our life and even the small ones, those daily decisions, that those choices actually make a huge lasting impact on the direction and the quality of our lives. And so if you missed the other weeks, we've been talking about a couple really cool things. The first week we talked about this idea of, am I being honest with myself, really? Am I truly evaluating myself and, and why I make decisions the way that I make them and why I made that call and why I'd made to th- this decision to do this certain thing. Am I being honest with myself about that really of what's really happening inside my heart? We also looked at this idea of, of what story am I trying to tell with my life? Is this going to help propel me towards the story I'm hoping to tell? Or is it actually going to interfere with my ultimate goals, my dreams, the things that I want to accomplish in my life? And the third one that we, we talked about, in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? It's such a strong question of knowing my past, knowing my present, and knowing what I'm hoping to accomplish in the future What's the wise thing to do? And so this week, we're going to be closing out by looking at how we deal with some internal tensions as well as our external impact. And so to start today, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had a feeling, right? You can't really explain it, but it's, it's like, man, I just I feel something in my gut. Like I feel something in my spirit like there's, I just I don't know. I just kind of have this feeling about this. And maybe for you, it's been in a negative way. You met someone and, and right off the bat, as soon as you met them, you're you talking to them and you're like all your spidey senses are going off and you're like, I just don't have a really good feeling about this person. Or maybe for you in a positive way, you've walked into a job interview and you sat down with your your future boss. And the moment you started to talk, you were just clicking and it just felt like, man i've got a really good feeling about this place i've got a feeling that like th- this is going to work out like this is where i'm supposed to be i know for us it's happened in so many different instances when we we came to san diego for the first time it's like it just clicked it's like these are my people this is where we're supposed to be that, this good feeling or that feeling where we've been other places and it's like oh man i just don't feel settled it just doesn't feel Right, Those those feelings are are this internal tension that we deal with in our life that help drive us towards a certain direction, a certain decision, a certain choice in our life. And the author of, of the book that we've been going through, he encourages us. He actually says we should explore our conscience, not ignore it. We should explore it. We should dig into that feeling. Don't ignore it. Don't be like, "Ah, oh, I just had bad pizza." Sometimes it's important for us to dig into those tensions that we're dealing with internally, because it's it's huge. Sometimes it's it's something that you're you're trying to navigate, and there's a feeling that you have, and and it doesn't mean your initial feeling is the right answer. Sometimes you just need to explore it and say, "Hey, what's what's really going on here?" And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more here in just a second, but. There's also a a spiritual component to it where we believe that the Holy Spirit will sometimes check your spirit. He'll check your heart and you'll be in a conversation and you just feel like, hmm, wait a minute. I feel something. I feel like I should say something. I feel like I should do something. I I feel like there's something more I need to look at here, that the Holy Spirit is actually working in your life in a way that that he checks you. And that internal attention that you feel sometimes is the Lord trying to get your attention to pay attention to something that's happening in the moment or in that area or, or to guide you in a certain way. I know this happened for us uh, when we first moved to Georgia. We were living in Alabama uh, and we're making the move to, to Georgia and we go to a place. We we felt that moment of like the Lord saying, hey, this is it. This is your connection point. This is the church we want to connect you with. And and Lauren and I were, were all about it. But starting there, we didn't both immediately get a job. It was going to be a lot of work and I was going to have to get a job at a bank. And it was starting kind of in like these intern-ish kind of positions and it was going to be a lot of work and there there was not a whole lot of clarity on the other side. We knew eventually we'd both be on staff at the church, but it was going to take a little bit of time to get there and we didn't know exactly how long it was going to be. So we had decided this. This was this was what was happening. And the night before we we called and made the decision, we got two job offers that came out of nowhere. And both of them were going to hire us on full time right off the bat both of them were going to put us into unique positions that we're qualified for one of them was offering us a house one of them's like hey we got a house you can stay in we're going to pay you both full time these these positions and it was like lord what are you doing what are you doing like man we we made this call we're moving to georgia why why couldn't you send these like three months ago, four months ago when we were still trying to figure out what we we're going to be doing? And it was a moment for us to really dig in and go, OK, this is what we felt about moving to the city in Georgia. This is what we felt about what we needed to do. But these are here. We're, we're feeling this internal tension. So, God, what is it that you're trying to help us see in this moment? And what it was for us, it was actually a confirmation of the connection that we felt with this church and this group of people in the city that we're moving to in Georgia. We we just felt like over here, all the pros line up and there's not many cons at all. But there's something here we feel deeply connected to, even though it's going to take more time and it's going to be harder work and it's going to be a longer process. This is where we feel like we're supposed to be. And it confirmed for us that's, that's the move we were going to do. And so we moved to Georgia, and, and it worked out incredibly well. And it was exactly where we needed to be. And, and so much of what we're able to do now is because of what happened in our time in Georgia. And so there's moments where you're going to have pros and cons that don't add up. But there's a feeling. There's an internal tension. There's something that's going to draw you towards a decision even though logic may say, well, this one makes more sense, but your spirit is telling you, this is what I need to do. And that's what the question is that we're looking at in regards to this. It's the conscience question Is there attention that needs my attention? Isn't that clever? Is there attention that needs my attention? In other words, when you're in that conversation, and you just feel like, man, something something about her bothers me. Something about him intrigues me. Something about that job offer. Something about that opportunity. Something about that position. Something about, something just feels like I need to dig in a little bit deeper. Our challenge today is that we explore that. We allow the Lord to speak into that. We don't ignore it. Allow the Lord to shed light on what's really going on in your heart i love the words of psalm 16 starting in verse 7 it says this the way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more for your whispers in the night give me wisdom showing me what to do next i love that isn't that beautiful your whispers in the night give me wisdom showing me what to do next Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. How many of you can say that right now in your life, that you can rest in confidence and security? It's tough. There's so many tensions in our life. And and for so many of us, we wrestle even going to sleep because our mind is at war. There's tensions that are happening there. But the Lord says, hey, my presence is available for you. I want to create unshakable confidence in your heart. Guys, this is the picture of what the Lord wants to do in our spirit, in our hearts, in our minds. This is what he wants to create in us as we lean into him, as we listen, listen to those whispers in the night, as we allow him to speak into our lives. When we follow the, the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life, when we do that, this powerful result comes that, that I feel that you're close to me always. My confidence is never shaken. I experience your wrap around presence. This is what the Lord presents to us. But there's a key here that we can't miss, and you'll see it here on the screen. There's a tension between what we know and what we do. There's a tension between what we know and what we do, but what we're going to see here in a second is there's a deeper root to it. What actually controls a lot of that is what we want. You see, we put a lot of stock into what we know, our education, our experience, the people who speak into our life and pour into our lives. We, we put a lot of stock into that because it is, it's vitally important to have perspective, to have experience, to, to have education, to have wisdom that we were talking about. What we know is really, really huge and what we think in our minds is that, the more that we know, the more it will change what we do. But I know I shouldn't eat sweets every day because it's bad for my health. But when life is stressful, what I do is opposite of what I know, right? Like you've been there. You know the right answer, but you don't always do it. But wait a minute, if I know this, then it should affect what I do. But the truth is, there's something that plays a much deeper role. It's not just what you know. If you go past the surface, if you dig down deep, what impacts what you do more than anything is what you desire. What I know is great and it influences my desires. But below the surface, deep inside of our hearts, deep inside of our minds, there are desires that actually drive what we do. You see, the more that we discover what we actually want in life, the more we'll realize what is impacting our actions. But when you think about your desires, when you think about your wants, oftentimes we're we're taught two different responses. We're taught that we are either to kill our desires or we're to fulfill those desires. If you grew up in church or around church or you've been a part of a church, more than likely you've been taught that you need to kill those desires. Just kill them. They're bad. They're, they're part of your sinful nature and there's there's things in there that you just need to avoid. And, and so we, we feel shame and we feel guilt and we feel like if I can just have enough discipline, then I can get rid of that desire and that'll go away in my life. And, and while some of that may be true for some of the things that you desire in your life, there's an issue with it because if all you do is try to kill your desire, kill what you want, You never really explore why you desire it. You see, the Lord wants to to dig into your heart and, and help shape your desires. We've all been a part of churches where they know what they're supposed to do. They know all the Bible verses, but they don't actually live it out. You know, Christians who know the right things to say, but they don't actually do it. Why? Because the Lord hasn't changed the desires of their hearts. They haven't given access to the Lord to actually work on what's going on below the surface. So when you just kill your desires, when you just say, Oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to walk away from that. I'm just going to get away from it. You never actually dig into and allow the Lord to change it and reshape it and help you discover why you feel that way. On the other side of the table is you just fulfill it. You live in this fantasy world where, hey, I want it. And so I'm going to take it. This is literally my, my second child, Audrey. She thinks it. She wants it. And she does it. She doesn't care what rules are there. She doesn't care what you say. She will literally look at you as she's doing it. It's like, stop doing that. I told you not to do it. And she's like, you mean this? You mean don't eat this bowl of ice cream? Well, she doesn't care. There, there is no filter that goes, hmm, somebody said not to do this. I probably should stop. She doesn't have it. She has a feeling. She has a desire. and She just fulfills it. And some of you, that's the way you live your life. And you've you've lied to yourself. You've, you've shifted what you know enough to go. Well, I'm not hurting anybody. And I've got to take care of me, because if I don't take care of me, then who's going to take care of me? I've got to do what I need to do. And, and, you know, the rest of it will just play itself out. I'll deal with the repercussions. But that's that's a dangerous place to live where we just fulfill all of our desires. But allow me to say something here before we move on. Some of your desires are good. They're good. They're important. Those desires are, are driving you towards your purpose. So we can't just go through our life and try to kill Every desire that we have, nor should we just go through our life and try to fulfill it all and live like we're in Disneyland and just, you know, party on every day. I feel it. I'm going to do it. I don't care what happens. We can't live in vacation mode every day of our life, and especially in the big decisions. So we dig deep into our desires. This week, I got to go to a, a training event, and one of the speakers introduced this idea that we all have three Basic foundational needs that every single person on the planet, human nature is wired by these three. And psychologists have studied this, and there's huge books on it and more information than you would ever care to know about it. But I thought these were three really good on ramps for us to discover about ourselves, to dig into a little bit as we start to figure out what we want. What are those desires? Because these needs in our life actually affect. I desire. So what are the three things? He, he says that every human being in the world has these three basic needs. The need for security, the need for belonging and the need for significance. We unpack that a little bit. The need for security It's this idea of of not having enough, not feeling that safety, not feeling like I, I'm OK, that I'm safe that the world's not going to crumble, that every day that I wake up, it's not the apocalypse, it's not over, that every situation, good or bad, has this dangerous element to it, that we have this need to feel secure in our life, safety in our decisions, safety in our home, safety financially, safety in our connection with people. That second one, this idea, this basic need for belonging, Is You have those people in your life that say, I don't care what anybody thinks. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. No one walks around going, I don't care if the world hates me. I don't care if every person on this planet thinks I'm an idiot. I'm good all by myself. They're lying. It's just not true. We all have this component of our life where we need to belong to something. We need to know that we matter. someone so many times our desires and our actions what we do are shaped by this need to feel like we belong to something to feel like we belong in our family, to feel like we belong in our friend group, to feel like we belong at our job, to feel like we belong in our city, to feel like we belong to a church, to feel like we belong in some circle that someone, if I'm not there, goes, man, I really missed you. We just need to feel like we belong somewhere. It's a basic need. And the third one is that need for significance. I know this is one that I need. This is, this is probably the biggest need that I have. I need to know that my life matters, that what I'm doing matters, that my purpose matters. That's a basic need for people. No one wants to walk through their life and feel like, I'm insignificant. It's so it's so interesting to me when you think about people who don't believe that there's a God and they don't believe they believe that this is this is the only life that we have. Like that just feels so empty and scary to me. This idea that this is it. This is all that matters. Like I'm going to try to make an impact and I'm going to try to have some kind of significance in someone's life. But I hope that I live a life that impacts somebody's life and it changes them. And if it doesn't, well, that's it. I had 60, 50, 40, 80 years to try to do something and I did absolutely nothing. That's devastating. It scares me to death to think that way. We have this basic need to feel like we have some significance, that we're making some kind of impact. So when you look at those three basic needs, which one of those is a trigger point for you? Those are the things you have to start asking yourself as you discover a little bit more about your desires. So why does this matter? Why are we talking about this? It matters because in order for you to truly understand what you want, you have to dig down deep and discover what need you're trying to fulfill. You see, our wants are driving what we do. So in order to figure out what we really want, we have to go below the surface. We have to pray prayers and go, God, hey, what's happening on the inside? What is this need that I need met? Do I feel insecure? Do I feel insignificant? Do I feel like I don't belong somewhere? Am I missing that unity? You see, some of you are struggling in 2020 because your belonging has been stripped away from you. Your connection with people, they've moved because of military moves. They've, they've moved because they couldn't afford to be here anymore. And, and that belonging has been stripped away. The ability to meet together in person at church, it feels like you don't have any circle that you belong to anymore. And you're struggling because it feels like it's been stripped away. For some of you, you're struggling in your marriage, not because you're sick of looking at each other because of COVID, but you're struggling because there's something in your relationship, something in your communication, something in the way that you love each other that you feel insignificant. You feel like what you need and what you desire isn't being met. You feel like that spouse is not connecting to what matters. They're not trying to help you with what you need. You feel insignificant and you're struggling relationally. For some of you, you're struggling with anxiety and fear because all of your security has been stripped away. We have no idea what the future looks like. And that security, that safety net, the idea of normal has disappeared and it just feels like you're falling through an endless tunnel. Just hoping that finally you'll hit the bottom. But every time you think you're towards the bottom, something else changes. That security is stripped away. But listen to me, there's good news. There's good news. The Bible makes it incredibly clear that God has the answer for what you need. God understands how he wired us. Your creator, the creator of your purpose, the creator of your life, the person who put breath in your lungs. He knows what you need. The trouble is you and I, we go to insufficient sources to try to fulfill our needs. Those deepest, darkest secrets of our life that we are dealing with, that idea of being insignificant, of not belonging, of being insecure. The Lord wants to fulfill those. Listen. Your husband can't fulfill that for you. Your wife can't fulfill that for you. Your job can't fulfill that for you. Your checking account can't fulfill that for you. A state that's not California with all of its rules cannot fulfill that for you. Only God can fulfill those deep desires and needs in your life. So when you're faced with this internal tension, when you're going through decisions, when you feel like there's tension inside your heart and your mind, ask yourself, is there a tension that needs my attention? Dig down deep into it and allow the Lord to speak to you. The last one that we're going to talk about in this series is, is the relational question. And we talked about this a lot, so we won't spend a whole lot of time, but I want to spend the last few minutes that we have together talking about it. The relational question is simple. What does love require of me? And again, we've talked about this a lot. So those of you who call City Hills home, you've heard this message a lot, but it's really important when it comes to our decision. But it's a challenging one because this is the one that there isn't a promised return on investment. It's not promised. But it's really, really important. This is the one that you can focus on other people, that you can pour your life into helping other people. And it doesn't mean that it's going to play out exactly how you hoped. Listen, all the other ones that we've gone through, when when you're honest with yourself, when you're talking about your legacy, when you're talking about your conscience, when you're asking what's wise for you, all of those have a direct impact on your life. There's a direct result. It's a better result when you're honest, when you think of your legacy, when you're managing those tensions inside of you. And when you're asking what's wise, all of those things are good and they pay off. But the truth is, when it comes to the relational one, you could do everything in your power to love your coworkers well, and they still end up being jerks. It's just the reality of it. We have to be honest about it. When it comes to this, what does love require of me? We aren't guaranteed that they're going to reciprocate that. It's just part of it. But there are times where you do this and have to understand that it's actually connecting you with something much deeper. The truth is asking what love requires of you connects you to your God given purpose. You see, those of us who call ourselves Jesus followers, we have a responsibility to care about the people that are around us. When we look to our Savior, when we look to the life of Jesus, he lived his life in a way that he was a servant, that he sacrificed, that he gave of himself, that he put the needs of other people ahead of his own so many times. And it's important for us in order for us to connect with our God given purpose, we understand that we cannot go through our life and go, "Okay, I'm doing all these other things and I really don't care how it affects anybody else. We unfortunately, we don't get to do that. And trust me, there are days and seasons where I just want to go, God, hey, I just want to focus on me like I just want to do me. And of course, you do have to make sure that you're healthy. But in everything that we do, we we do have to ask the question, what does love require of me? We can't make decisions in our lives and not think about the impact that it's going to have on our circle of influence. Yes, when we get healthy, when we get better, it should make our circle of influence better. But there are times that we have to think about the needs of our family. Think about the needs of the people that we're influencing. Think about the people that we're in relationship with. It's important for us to, to take those into consideration. So to help us do this, we look at the, it, what's become the famous marriage poem that the Apostle Paul wrote, wrote in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's check it out together. You've heard it. I know you, you're sick of hearing it, but it's, it's important for us to reflect on. Starting in verse four, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Listen, Danny, that was awesome on my wedding day. That's cool, and I understand that with my spouse. But what, what am I supposed to do with that in real life? Well, in real life, I think it means when your boss is being annoying at work, when they're being overbearing, when they're micromanaging you, when they're driving you absolutely insane. It looks like you saying, OK, what would it look like if I actually loved my boss? But I don't love my boss. Well, we, I know I, I understand. But what would it look like if you did? What would you do in this situation if you loved your boss? How would you handle this differently? How would you approach this? How would you impact the people around you? How would you respond to them? How would you lead up to them? How would you help them get accomplished what it is that they need done in a way that makes them feel more secure? I don't like that. Well, I understand you don't like that. I don't like it either. But this is Jesus. This is what Jesus told us. What does love require of you? I want you to love people the way that I have loved You, sacrificially. When your spouse is checked out and shut down, it it means that I can choose to endure. I can choose to not keep record of wrong. I can choose to not bring up the past. I can choose to love in a way that they need to be loved, not not love them the way that I feel like they should want to be loved. Right? We change the way. I can learn how to communicate how they need to, not demand them communicate my way. How about this? When you're when you go on the date with that beautiful girl and you can actually date in covid some way or somehow, I guess on FaceTime or meet outside. You know, you're on that date with the girl. What does it look like? What does love require of you when you're on that date? I believe what the Lord would say is love requires you to respect and honor her and respect and honor her future husband. When things get hot and heavy, when that, that, that tension is in the room, but it's not a bad tension and there's good chemistry there. Instead of you spending the night, you say, hey, listen, this was amazing. And I respect and I honor you too much to just move straight to the physical and not care about building something with you relationally. What? Yeah, that's what Jesus would say. Love requires us to to kill our flesh for a moment, to kill this chemistry that's going there and say, hey, I care about you more than I do about getting in bed with you. Just being real. This is what Jesus would challenge us. What does love require of you? When you're out in your community and people are high strung and they're arguing and they're fighting in line at the grocery store, what does love require of you? It requires you to be the leader who changes the temperature in the room and you show kindness, you show patience, you choose not to be rude, you choose not to be aggressive. Maybe you choose to say, hey, I know you've been checking out people all day in this grocery line. I just want to thank you for taking care of us and just know that you're awesome. Speak a word of encouragement. Love requires us to make impact on other people's lives. Listen, we, if we want to make decisions that have significant impact in our lives, it can't always just be about what's best for us. Sometimes it means us sacrificing and showing love and concern and compassion for the people around us. What does love require of me? It's one of the key questions. It's not the end-all, be-all question, but as you navigate the big decisions in your life, it has to play a part. What does love require of me? So let's, let's end with this final truth. Good questions lead to better decisions. We've looked at five really good questions Those good questions, if we are willing to press pause, if we're willing to just say, okay, God, time out. Before I make this call, before I make this decision, before I do this, let me just take five minutes and walk through these questions. Put them in the notes of your phone. Put it on a sticky note in front of your mirror. Ask yourself good questions in order to have better decisions and live with fewer regrets. That's a big truth. If, if our choices determine the direction and the quality of our life, then good questions determine the direction and the quality of the answers we find. That's huge. So the challenge as we, le- as we leave today, as we wrap up, as you head into your week, as you let this message impact your Mondays, that the Sundays change something in you, it stir something up and it impacts your Monday. The challenge is this. Are you brave enough to ask the questions before you make your choices are you brave enough to go hey this is worth my effort this is worth my attention when i'm making this call god i want to make it in the right way are you brave enough to do this when none of my other friends do this you're right but you have an opportunity to live your life with fewer regrets and deeper purpose and the way that we discover that the way we make better decisions is that we ask better questions come on let's pray father god i thank you for this challenging message i thank you for the the words that we read today in psalms that you you want to create this environment where we're connected with you that we feel your presence that there's confidence and there's strength and there's hope So God, I pray that you would help us to make better decisions, that our decision making process will be drenched in prayer, that it would be drenched in your Holy Spirit, whispering wisdom to us in the night that our decision-making process will be drenched with us asking what's the wise thing to do? What does love require of me? Does this help me tell the right story? God, am I being honest with myself? Am I listening to the tensions that are happening in my heart? God, I pray that you would just help us have the boldness and the courage to be able to ask better questions. God, that we're not just spitting out the answer, but that we're pausing enough to allow the questions to shape what's going on. And our hearts, God, in the season where it just feels so chaotic and it feels like it, it did at the very beginning of this year, I pray that you would just guide us, that you would give us that peace that surpasses all understanding, that you would give us that confidence that is unshakable, and God, that we would feel your presence wrapped around us every single day. And God, finally, I pray. I pray that you would help us discover which of those needs is begging for your healing. God, that that need to belong, that need to feel safe, that need to feel like we have significance. God, I pray that you would reveal to us which of those we're dealing with the most and that you would speak to it, that you would bring healing, that you would bring comfort and strength in that area, that we would turn to you to be the fulfiller of our needs not just the fulfiller of whatever it is that we want. God, we turn to you. We put our hope and our trust in you. We pray all of this in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, Know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.